What happens when you take a redneck fishing guide and pair him up with a master beekeeper? Well, we're about to find out. Join our host, Ken Milam and John Swan, as they help you brave the sting of beekeeping to reap the sweet rewards. This is The Hive Jive. <laughs> Hi, good morning, Ken. Good morning. We are here, so technically, on a technicality, we are in the studio on Saturday morning on August 17th, which is National Honeybee Day. Yes. But you guys are going to be hearing this on Monday the 19th, and so for that very purpose right there, on Monday the 19th, we would like to give a huge shout out to Happy Birthday to Miss Faith. Thank you for being a faithful listener and for loving the show and hope everything is going well out there for you. We hope you have a great birthday and congrats. Yeah. Yeah. Ken's like, okay. I didn't even know where that was coming from. I'm <laughs> oh, okay. I'm good with it. It was a last Happy minute. Happy birthday. It was a last minute little note that I had, had uh, jotted down on our show notes. So we got to get that in there because yeah. I don't want to forget today is her birthday and she was so excited that there'd be a new episode on her birthday. So happy birthday, Faith. But today is a special day because we actually have a guest in the studio with us. We have Miss Tara Chapman of Two Hives Honey, located mm -hmm. here in Austin, Texas. And Tara is uh, Tara is a really fun little individual. And I have actually I haven't got to work with you too terribly much. We kind of cross paths frequently every year for various things. But Tara has a great story. She's got a great backstory, and I thought it would be awesome to have her on the show. So welcome, Tara. Thank you. Yeah, I'm so happy to be here. We are happy to have you. On National Honeybee Day. Right? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you've got a ton of things to do today. Yeah, we, um, it, it, Aberfeldy, which is a, I don't know if y'all are familiar, that they're owned by Bacardi. That's a bourbon and whiskey company. And uh, they approached us and said their branding is bees. So we do lots of things together. That's what she was talking about on the radio, on television. That too. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. That too. Yeah. And um, so there's uh, a list of about eight to 10 restaurants and bars around town that are doing special honey cocktails today. That's awesome. And um, every time one of those cocktails is purchased, they are giving 50 cents to us to start a new uh, apiary Ooh, here in town. Very cool. So they're great folks. So anyway, you will you might see that up around if you're in Austin, of course, today. The... Um well, this will all be past tense for you guys, um, <laughs> since how we're, we're recording it and then airing it two days later. But uh, are you participating in the Tour de Hives? We are not. I am not either. We, I actually we were be... not asked. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's really funny because I wasn't either. <laughs> uh, nobody was, so don't feel bad. <laughs> um, yeah. Just a little inside Austin beekeeper humor. Yeah, yeah, you know. It's all, okay. it's all good. Okay. Okay. I'm actually really grateful because it is hot. It is. And it I'm is. not interested in standing outside no. talking yeah. to people under a tent today. Oh, well, you got, you're kind of redheaded, so you can just get burnt. <laughs> well, I've got that Indian blood. But, I was going to say, she's got a nice tan going um, under her tent. Well, but no. she's, she's I, darker than you, Ken. I requeened <laughs> no, re 31 hives on Wednesday morning. Um, I've got enough sun for this you're, week, you're so good. we're good. Yeah. Yeah. I get to spend the rest of my day for National Honey Bee Day removing bees. So oh, I will be out in the heat no God matter what. God bless your soul. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> Never ends. We've been, we've been pulling the plug at noon. It's just, yeah. I tell my staff, you do do till noon and then done. And then you're done. We had a volunteer with us have heat stroke last week. So, <gasps> oh, but, no. but, you know, she doesn't work out in the heat like we do and yeah. she wasn't prepared. I give the eat, drink speech yes. on the daily. Oh, yeah, you got to. 
I um, I just start getting skimpier and skimpier clad underneath my V-suit the hotter it gets. I actually wear very... <laughs> we don't need to know that. I, I wear very little gear, you know, like I, I, I avail, but, and then as necessary, I might put on more. Yeah. But I, on the really hot days, wear the V-suit just because I can go straight up with nothing underneath. <laughs> That's right. Um, that don't bother me. Just for that reason. <laughs> <laughs> That's sexist, Ken. No, the... Uh, the, so for us, we have we have the full body armor. We've got head to toe triple layer oh. suits because when we're doing those removals, there's you no, have no idea what you're going to get into. There's no way I would go with just a belt removal. Oh. We do very yeah. different styles yes. of work. Yes. I know my bees and their temperament. I know which ones are sassy. Yep. So oh yeah, yeah. totally understand. I don't do removals. So and you know you're just saying that I've got four has got two highs top bar we got two langstroths and i got the the top bars from you and we got the langstroths from pamela mm-hmm. and they're just as calm as they can be my the guy we the place we got them at he, he gets out there and mows around them and he says i never seen bees this calm i i also try to warn people too though like don't ever get complacent or comfortable mm-hmm. because no oh, yeah you know like I, I keep telling you he t- he says oh i went ahead and mowed over there for you guys so it'd be okay and i'm like telling no, you not I'll to tell do that him. like tell, tell like him. we appreciate it but don't do it because it only takes one day that those bees are having a bad day and they decide they don't want that lawnmower out there and they could be the nicest bees in the world but they hate internal combustion engines and the carbon dioxide that it spews and it's just not a good thing and for the first time ever in our entire show my phone is going off <laughs> it is usually yours let me turn that off i am so sorry uh yeah i get this i do teach a lot of beekeepers and same thing like it's really easy you know uh one of the beekeepers here in town said something once that i thought was really insightful and he said one day that lion cub is going to grow up and to be a lion and you just don't know when that's going to happen exactly um so but they all do have different personalities and Mm -hmm. you might very well next year still have all of your hives like super gentle or you might have one or two that are not those tend to be the ones that make the most honey somehow yep. though mm-hmm. my theory is that we mess with them last so they make more honey and i think they, that's they, like a they pretty good yeah yeah well they they are we don't messing with them so much yeah. so they could just We're do their work their flow and totally and, yep what gets me is how they'll come out and warn you yeah. They come out and dump you. Yeah, totally. <laughs> they tell you long before. Um, there's there's very nuanced changes in their behaviors that just when you're brand new, when you're still trying to figure out what eggs look like and what the queen looks like, and mm-hmm. you've got so much to study and learn and look for. But as you become more experienced, um, you're going to start. So I can work without gloves because I know well in advance of when, okay, I need to step back and put on more gear. But there's just very small changes in behavior that you'll start to pick up on as you do this and become more experienced. That's right. And when you start off, always start with the best practices that you can and keep them. Don't build bad habits right at the very beginning. So we will have a lot of people that will come into the clubs and the associations and and they'll be like, oh, I don't wear a veil or I don't light my smoker. My bees are so nice. And I'm like, right, your bees are also only three frames and they're tiny and they know that there's not enough bees in there to defend themselves. They can't afford to lose those bees, so they wait. And while they're waiting, you're not learning how to light your smoker. You're not taking your protective gear in case you need it. And then next year, those bees that started off at fifteen to 20,000 bees are now 40,000 or 60,000 bees. And you go out there and you make them mad and your smoker's not lit and you don't have your veil anywhere around and they kick your butt all the way back to your house. 
mm-hmm. then they call they call the Africanized bee cops yes, and exactly. want to burn the hive. <laughs> My bees are Africanized. No, they're not. You just you have a lot of bad habits that you've Absolutely. developed, and, and they they finally decided to tell you they don't appreciate it. Absolutely. <laughs> but I get tickled at you know I'll call John. I said John. Uh, oh, first off, when I started this, I was telling John. I said John, you know, I'm going to have fifteen or twenty hives by next year. No, you won't, Ken. Yeah, I will. I, <laughs> I was got trying th- to. I got thirteen now. I was trying to convince him that he really needed to just start with with our experimental, where we had the Langstroth, we have a Flow Hive, which is still just a modified Langstroth, yep. and a Top Bar, so that oh, he cool. could get all of the experience. Yep. And then we we did that, but then he keeps adding and he keeps shopping. He's always shopping. And so he's now like building this warehouse full of things that he can put stuff well, in. Well, it's called chicken math, right? It is exactly chicken math. <laughs> ex- and I have actually said that before. Our very first episode, I, I brought up chicken math and he was like, chicken, what? <laughs> yeah. Chicken math. Yeah, that's, that's right. What I was one plus one equals 50. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then you look up and you've quit your job Yep. with benefits and all those things and started a bee business. So that's no, how that's I got here. You, that's you, not me. Well, no, no. So let's, I quit my job a long time ago. That's actually. <laughs> Yeah, he keeps he he creates uh, hobbies and then puts them off on his son. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations, he's you have a new in Colorado job. right now. <laughs> but that that's actually a great segue. So let's take a little trip back in time here. Uh, you actually had some very interesting past career choices before you started doing bees. You were actually involved with the CIA. And you did, uh, like, intelligence and something else you did. Uh, my brain doesn't want to work. Yeah. So I in, in a city like Austin, you have to specify we don't mean the Culinary Institute of America. This is true. so many folks go, oh, you're a chef. And I'm like, oh, dear no, Lord, no. She's a, um, I could tell you what I did, but I'd have to kill you. Uh, <laughs> That's yeah, CIA. So <laughs> I grew up in rural West Texas, a tiny little town. Had barely. In, uh, it's called Smire. It's outside of Lubbock. Mm-hmm. And I, I barely. Oh, dear. Yeah. Okay. I'd barely been out of Texas at 18. I'd been to Oklahoma, which is basically You went to New Mexico going and, skiing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. And probably in your blue jeans uh, and all the New Mexicans like to make fun of us. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'd barely been out of Texas. And then I went to college on the East Coast. And then, yeah, I was recruited to work at the Central Intelligence Agency. So did that for a number of years. Um, it was a blast. Pakistan was my what we call AOR, my area of responsibility, spent a ton of time there, um, and then moved to different, a few different government organizations. I worked for um, a congressional um, oversight committee um, where we looked at contracting in Iraq and Afghanistan, and then I worked for an organization, it's a mouthful, the Special Inspector General for Afghanistan Reconstruction, which is a fancy way of saying we investigated waste, fraud, and abuse in Afghanistan. So spent the bulk of the next 10 years in and out of uh, Afghanistan. And the last couple of years I was with that agency, I'd convinced them to let me work part-time from Texas. So I'd spend three weeks in Austin, a week in D.C., and then every two months I would go to Afghanistan for a few weeks to a few months. And one of those trips back here, um, I took a beekeeping class. I mean, those are three different cultures, Mm -hmm. wardrobes. I mean, I had three (laughs) very different wardrobes. Um, And when I was in Austin, I was just looking for like very Austin-y things to do. And I saw this class on Groupon and took this beekeeping class and just fell in love with it. Started a hive with a friend. 
um, started on top bars, actually, mm-hmm. and was looking for an exit from the government. I wanted to be back in Texas. It was really hard on my mother and my Australian boyfriend at the time, actually. <laughs> I, I, I did that for a while, too, and then, and then we didn't. Um, and... <laughs> Anyway, it was really hard on my loved ones to continue to go to war zones. So I thought, I'll just be a beekeeper. And I quit my job and cold called Bee Weaver, which is a beekeeping company here in Texas, and Mm -hmm. said, can I work for you? I have a hive. I know bees. (laughs) I did not know bees. Danny and Laura Weaver can tell you in hindsight that I did not know bees. Anyway, they said yes. And um, it's funny, I, I cold emailed them and I she said, send me a cover letter and a resume. And I thought, well, I don't think my resume is going to fly. And we have a good laugh about it in hindsight now because I drafted up a resume with my, you know, three months beekeeping experience. I had taken one beekeeping class and then I wrote this cover letter and I thought, what would they want in a beekeeper. And I thought, well, you have to be strong. And I'm an Olympic weight, like do a lot of Olympic weightlifting. So I gave her all of my numbers, my back squat, my <laughs> deadlift. I can pick up that uh, box of bees. <laughs> I thought, well, I'm presuming it's going to be, you know, out in the yard with a bunch of men. There's, it's changing, but there's not a lot of females in the professional beekeeping mm-hmm. world. And I thought they, they probably have potty mouths. And so I want her to know that I'm okay with that. And so I said, you know, I've worked with the military for the bulk of a decade. And so I'm okay with that. So I gave all of these sort of, you know, softer skills that I thought would impress her. Mm -hmm. And I guess it did because they hired me and I quit my job and worked with them for our queen rearing season, learned how to rear queens and make shake packages and make nukes and then came back to Austin and started two hives. See, that's actually the the I don't remember if that was the first time or the second time that I ever actually met you, but you were at, I want to say it was Treehouse when mm-hmm. they were doing their package deliveries and I had to go pick up Queens. Yes. And you were actually up there and you had your little list and you had to go through and, <laughs> and check off who was coming to get their Queens. So, oh. yeah. Um, and that all of that, for both of us, that was all about the same time period. Because we started at about the same yeah. time, yeah, right? Yeah, 2014, 2015 mm-hmm. was, was yep. the whole transition period of, and I did the same thing. For completely different reasons, I, I wanted to have a hive. And that hive ended up turning into, well, my hobby ended up snowballing drastically out of control. And I woke up one day and I was like, oh, my God, what did I do? Because you were removing bees. Yes. Right. Oh, yeah. fish guide. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and so I, I did the same thing. I was doing commercial finance at a bank. And the all of the things I was doing with bees and the income with that was rivaling both my income and my time requirements mm-hmm. for the job at the bank. And finally, I was just like, okay, I'm just going to do this. It was absolutely terrifying. To go from that guaranteed salary and income to, I don't even know when the phone's going to ring again and I, get, I have to go do something. It's a huge leap, yeah. And I so I had this gig with Bee Weaver for um, four months, but mm-hmm. then it was nothing. And I remember coming back to Austin and they, I, I, I could have continued seasonally to work with them, but I do not want to shake packages and make queens for a living. It's just something that doesn't interest me. I'm interested more in the honey side and the education side. So um, I could have done that. But I remember coming back to Austin after four months and I did get paid, which was great. 
you know, I came from a job in which <laughs> you got uh, paid a lot. <laughs> our, I got paid a lot. I did get paid a lot. I had a very sweet deal. But you got to carry a gun. And <laughs> got paid a lot. And then, you know, arguably very, quote unquote, important work, right? Like the work that I've done has been on the front page of the Washington Post more than once, right? I've been in hearings where Congress held hearings on work that I was leading. And so arguably very important. And so there's an ego there too. So came back to Austin and, you know, had a name of a honey company and had started 20 hives that spring off of 20 packages. Um, but wasn't going to have anything for a year and thinking, all right, well, now what do we do? And so I had a nice cushy savings, but I didn't want to live off that. So I became what's called a brand ambassador, which is a fancy term for saying that you stand at Whole Foods and hand out samples. (laughs) And the fall from grace, you know, to be at Whole Foods and to see my friends come in and be like, would you like to try this new tea? Um, But I really, 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 I knew what I wanted to do and I wanted to do it badly enough that I put the ego aside and just did it. And it didn't last that long. I mean, I did that and I did, um, I ran hive, I'm sorry, not hive tour. We run hive tours now. I ran food tours part-time. So I worked for a food tour company and that was really fun and got me practice speaking in front of people, which really helped me when I started running hive tours. And then uh, that fall of that year, I started charging people to let me put them in a bee suit and put them in a hive. And it was my first product. And from there, just, you know, kept going and then had my first harvest the next year and quit my job, quit all of the part-time gigs within a year. So this will be kind of a, I'll let you go back and, and tell the, the first half of this, but whenever you first came up with the concept for the two hives and mm-hmm. the difference in the honey, and you had your super like hyper-local kind yeah. of thing going on, I remember at that point in time, and and this this is unfortunate, but it's so um, <laughs> like it's the consistent. They're consistent, but you went out and and you had this concept, and you were like, "Hey, I'm looking for honeys from different zip codes, and I want to see this difference, and I want to have these things." And there were some people in our community that very hypocritically were criticizing it, but then also trying to duplicate it on the side. So in, in one face, they're sitting there saying, well, that's just silly and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, here's this lady and she's trying to do all these things. And that's never going to work. But at the same time, they're over here on their business trying to figure out how they can co-op that yeah. and make it their own. And it was it was a I thought it was an awesome concept. Yeah, You've... I mean, so I'll I'll share again with you. So what we do is we have hives all over the city of Austin. And since different flowers make very different honeys, I thought it'd be so cool if every neighborhood had their own honey. So that's what we do. Every bar, every jar and box is labeled with the neighborhood where the bees are located. So right. one, it's full transparency of like, our bees are here because that is not common in the beekeeping world. Plenty of people put a city on their jar and that honey comes from Mexico or somewhere else. Absolutely. So it's, it's a very poorly plant, kept secret. Quote unquote, happens to be in town. So therefore Absolutely. it's Austin honey. And in the beekeeping world, we all know that, but consumers don't know that. Right. And so I am very transparent. We, every jar of honey that we sell, we know and we control how those bees were treated. But then it's just really cool from a consumer standpoint. So I had this idea and had you know, granted very little experience, though I, I worked with Bee Weaver and that was a great sort of base. But it's unfortunate because the beekeeping sideliner to commercial community is not very kind oftentimes. And it's really a bummer. And I experienced a great deal of 
of that kind of negativity in, in people mm-hmm. talking a little bit of shit about me. And it, it was not great. It, it didn't feel good because I was brand new and I was still trying to learn like what I was doing and do something fun and new. And, and people weren't kind. Right. Um, what but, you want to see is is that community embrace you and help you and totally. teach you and help you grow. And totally. instead you get this like I was told at one point that I was copying somebody mm-hmm. and I was like, OK, let's follow the timeline of if you get bees. First thing, you're going to have bees. Then you're going to have honey. If you have more than one colony, you're going to have a lot of honey and a lot of bees. And after you get up to about 10, what are you going to do with all of your honey and your bees? <laughs> you're going to sell it. Yeah. And then you might start branching off into doing, you know, like honeycomb or wax or whatever, mm-hmm. or maybe selling bees because you don't want to have 50 hives. So you have to start getting rid of them. I'm like, I think that's the that's kind of the trajectory for anybody who wants to do beekeeping as a little bit more than a hobby. So how can you say that's copying anybody? Like that's kind of the yeah, path they all go down. Just in general, like folks aren't super kind and we've taken a very, very, very different approach and we've done very well and the business speaks for itself. And I'm really glad that we stuck with it. But Laura Weaver, you know, whom I worked with in, you know, when I first started said something to me that stuck with me because I was very honest with them. I want to start a honey company. Honey's not their thing. Not so at there all. was, it was their not thing is bees. They totally. raise bees to sell bees. But I said, full transparency, I want to start a honey company back in Austin. And she said, that's no problem. We all float and rise together. And I feel very strongly about that. And so one of the core values, we have a number of core values with our business. And one of them is supporting local and particularly women-owned businesses. And if you want to work in the world of beekeeping in Austin, awesome. Like, I'd love to give you some thoughts and some help. We we do lots of things to help folks. I've got a gal in Houston that does something very similar, and I'm happy to share with her what I do because I'm confident in my ability to come up with unique and new ideas. We got all the ideas over here at Two Hives. And so, but, you know, we're in a really good place now, but it was a hard start. Well, you've actually, you have been featured multiple times for going through and doing this women's empowerment and entrepreneurship. And you actually, separate from the bees, you go through and you help facilitate that and grow that as well. And that's amazing to go out there and be able to do that. So you're you're taking the things that you went through that were rough and you're trying to make it easier on other people and help them understand and give them that type of embrace and encouragement that you didn't find whenever you first started. And that is amazing. I do. And it's actually, this is the first time I've spoken publicly about it. I really appreciate that you recognized and you saw it and you brought it up because no one has. And I've just kept that to myself. Um, so I really appreciate that. But yeah, I mean, we do so, we we try to help empower all local business owners, but particularly women. I think women have unique struggles. Um, I, I'm sure men have their unique struggles as well, but I can most relate to the ones that women have. So um, we can use that to help bolster others. Absolutely. Teach from where you know. Let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be a completely off. Yeah, it's welcome bees. to left field. Okay. <laughs> Here it comes. Top bar or Langstrom? Oh, no, 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 no. Don't not answer yet? that. Don't answer oh, that he's, question. He's got, he's got his Don't notes. answer that he's question. Not, he's not sharing his damn notes. Ken's cheating. 
Um, no, we, we will actually, we'll get into that. Okay. Um, you can, I, I will take it off the list, but you can go ahead. So we have at the very end of the show, we were going to do some rapid fire questions cool. and they okay. were, they are just like first thing that comes to mind, gut instinct reaction kind of thing. Oh, that's but, such a hard one to yeah, do one and, answer. And that one is, <laughs> that one is one of the questions, but okay. we'll let you go ahead. So, okay. so what do you prefer top bar or Langstroth? So before we, I'm glad you brought that up before we get there, I'll tell you that, you know, in beekeeping, everyone has a very strong philosophy. If you don't do it my way, Ken, your bees are going to die. Well, yep. <laughs> for the most part, that is nonsense. I've got one rule. Light your smoker, two rules. Light your smoker, cover your face. Whatever you do after that for you and your bees, maybe is what's best for you, but if not works, best for works. me. Yeah. I'll share with you all the ways you choose your right path. So my philosophy is there's lots of philosophies. Find the one that's right for you. You do your research and I'll help you whatever way you want. But top bars versus langs started on a top bar, moved to langs. For me, langs, because I'm a honey producer. Because you're a honey producer. Absolutely. See, and that's, but I do foundationless langs because I do comb honey. I noticed that in, your picture, so, in one of the pictures. Yeah, definitely. so we do we do a little bit. Uh, we kind of the best of both worlds, in my opinion. Are you doing? Have you ever tried any long langs? I have not, uh, but they're really cool. I've got a client that. Um, I've been helping that she uses those. So I hope I'm, my experience is just limited to helping her, but they're pretty cool. Yeah. Now see that, that whole thing that you just said is, is kind of one of the founding principles of the hive jive. And what we wanted to do is if you go back through and you listen to some of those beginning episodes, nowhere in there, do I ever say, this is what you have to do. I'm like, here are your five top options. This is what's good about all of these things you choose. What's going to work for you? What are you going to be able to do? There are certain benefits to each of them. And that's one of the things in our Choosing Your Hive episode. You know, if you are in it for the honey, you need to be doing a Langstrom. Absolutely. You're going to get more honey out of it. And I personally think I can work a Lang way faster than a top bar. But again, I run a business. I have to work fast. But top bars takes a little bit more nuance, um, but I think they're great. Yeah. They're great for lots of folks. And you actually sell a 19-inch version of a top bar. I believe Brandon makes them. I do. Yes. Yeah. And I like, yeah. I like that is the one time where you'll actually hear me take a strong stance is on the 17-inch versus the 19-inch. And just from experience, the 19-inch seems to be more compatible. Compatible. There's less comb attachment and less comb breakage because of the way the dimensions are. Yeah. So. Brandon's, Brandon is a top bar guy. We will sit down and argue. Now, put Brandon in front of me and I will tell you all day about why legs <laughs> are better because we Cause just Brandon's like there, yeah. We just like to argue, yeah. <laughs> but There's... he's very smart, and uh, yeah, I refer everyone that wants to do top bars. I'm like, go talk to Brandon. Yeah, <laughs> we've had Les Crowder on the show. Yeah, yeah, we did, uh, one of our. Oh, he's he's so the opposite of he's so like. He's just so soft-spoken, mellow. I love them both, yes. but yeah, I love to argue with Brandon. He loves to send me memes he makes up about why top bars are better than legs. <laughs> <laughs> and see, those are the kind of relationships in the community that we all want to have. For like Brandon's sure. a great guy. Les is amazing. And and it's awesome to be able to come together and, and just. And they are there to be had. Right. But like the few kind of nasty interactions kind of spoil the pot. They but do. they're there yes. to be had for sure. So if outside of I know that you went and you took the one class as an adult and that's when you were like, oh, my God, I want to do this. This is really cool. Prior to that, had you had any type of experience with bees, like any type of little run-ins, accidents, anything? Oh, my gosh. Negative. No. My granddaddy was a cotton farmer, which makes great honey. You never loved he was. <laughs> of course he was. <laughs> 
makes great honey, but nothing related. So I did grow up in a family, you know, of ag. But then I moved to the big city, was in D.C., doing my you know, happy hours every day in my heels and pencil skirts. Um, Far cry from being out oh in the yard. Oh, my goodness. I catch myself sometimes and I look down and I think, I used to be so put together and I am not anymore. Like, you know, there is bee crud under my nails every day. And anyway, different different life. Some of my favorite photos that you guys actually have. So you've, you've got the one that we posted as a teaser for this upcoming episode is you setting down. The sun is hitting the top of your hat just right. And you're, you're just... It actually looked like it might have been cold, which is kind of rare because you had on like Mm -hmm. a fuzzier type shirt. Mm -hmm. But you're sitting there with your smoker. And then there's another one where you're in a pair of overalls. You're lighting your smoker and you've just thrown your head back and you're laughing. But it is so relaxed and comfortable. And it's not those staged, drives you crazy Instagram photos where it's like, I'm looking longingly at my bees (laughs) and I'm not wearing any protection. You know, it's like that stuff. Like I see that and I just, I go on a tirade and he knows it. And when we're not on the air, he will sit there and just poke things at me. He'd be like, hey, about this? And I'm like, shut up, Ken. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I call them my bee glamour shots. So I've got, you know, so we've been very fortunate. We've had a lot of local and national press. Um tease we're going to be on a very big national show later in the year i won't tell you who but look for that it's very exciting but we've been very fortunate um and so we always bring folks out put them in bees everyone wants to film the bees and then at the end i always say do you want the money shot without the veil and we'll take off the veil and then we'll do it but yeah i've got my own set of um headshots that i had to take right and so whenever i post them i make i I poke a joke at it because it is. It's so ridiculous. I'm like ready for the glamour bee shot and my hair is all oh, done. Yeah. And I've got the Flowy makeup and wavy. On. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I've got them. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I've got a little collage that we put together that we will we'll put out there on yeah. Instagram. That, and you'll sure see some of those. Include my bee glamour shot. If you don't have it, I'll send it I've to got, you. I've you got need two it. of them in there. I okay, really, good. Yeah. It's the, uh, the like plaid shirt. Oh, yeah. yeah. With the hair. Yeah, with the hair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Back when you had that long, yeah, really flowy yeah. hair. Yeah. <laughs> So, okay, so your concept originally, when you started everything, you started with the two hives, and then it all just kind of grew, and you kept building the business. How many hives do you guys currently manage? Oh, God. Um, You know how it goes. You're like, I don't know. I don't actually have that many. Um, Production hives, we probably got 75. It's not that many. (laughs) In the world of honey producers. Well, we're not talking commercial beekeepers. Yeah, we're we're not talking thousands. I always say I'm like, uh, you know, I'm like, it's it's like part-time hobbyist, part-time commercial sort of sideliner. Yeah. Um, But we have... 75 production hives, but then we care for about another 125 hives for people that, you know, are hive maintenance. They want bees. They want us to take care of them. So we actually have more of those than our own hives. So you, you were able to do something that I myself am still struggling with doing, and it's more out of like fear and, and also concern for other people. But that sounds, that sounds like a really bad, ominous lead-in, but that's not what I meant. But so for me, I found, because I was doing everything by myself, and I found that 50 hives was my breaking point because I was managing my colonies. I would go out and I would do removals, and sometimes I would be out for eight or nine hours doing multiple removals. I would have to take them to my out yard where I kept the removals specifically, check any of the others out there to make sure that they were rehabilitating and doing well, if they had they still had their queen. Then I needed to stop by my main apiary and touch a minimum of 10 hives. And I had to do this every single day. So at the end of that week, I had 
touched all 50 of my hives at least once or knew what was going on. And that was my breaking point. That was the, I can't have any more. I will pull my hair out. But I didn't have anybody to help. And on the removal side this year, uh, for the last two years, I have been going through and doing where I had like an apprenticeship. And then as I gain confidence in those people, they then switch over to a contract employee and I'm able to go through and do it. But it's still very seasonal. And that's where that that fear and apprehension came in is because it takes a lot to be able to support me and my family. And then to bring somebody else into that and be responsible for their income and their support and their family, like that's a scary thought. So I've been very, very cautious when I move into that realm. And you, on the other hand, like you've built this network where you've got these apprenticeships and these volunteers, mm -hmm. and then you've got a couple of actual like full-time employees that help you with everything. And it's, it's done wonderful. It's done amazing yeah. for you guys. And that's, I'm envious of that yeah. because I'm still like, Oh God, I don't want to bring it's that scary. person on. And then like, what happens in the off season, you know, when there's or no like, bees, you feel the need that you need to do it all right. We tell ourselves these lies that I have to do it because that's to be done. Right. It takes a village to run two hives. I have eight part-time staff. Now only two of those are beekeepers. We've got a shop. We do tons of events. We do hive tours. So um, two beekeepers and then two other gals that run the hive tours. So they're less, you know, they are beekeepers as well, but they are, don't actually maintain hives. Um, yeah. And then we've, we do a ton of teaching. So those little stars, those little diamonds in the rough that I see. They want access to more bees. They want to work more bees. So there's plenty of times we installed 70 nukes in one day this spring. I couldn't do that on no. my own. So <laughs> I sent out to my my stars and I said, you guys want to help install nukes, get some experience? And they showed up. So we, 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 and then in our kitchen, when we go to harvest and, and extract, you don't have to be an expert to put honey in a jar. Nope. But people love helping. They love the process. And we've got a great, we got a strong brand and lots of people that really buy into what we do. And I'm so thankful for our community. And so our, the honey that goes in our jars is led by one staff member. And then it's complete volunteers and send them home with some honey and they learn more about us and we've connected. It's awesome. Yeah. And that's, that is a great model to have. And there is so many people out there that want the experience and want the information and there's very few places to find it. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I myself am even guilty of that because I get asked all the time, Oh, could we ever come along and do a removal with you? And I'm like, that is really, it's, it's a lot of hard work. There's no. a lot of things we've got to do. You can't do, do that. So, yeah. We are very clear. We get folks all the time that are like, I want more experience. And I say, listen, if I take you in the bee yard with me, you get a free beekeeping lesson and I get nothing done. Right. So at the end of the day, we, we are a business and we have to make money. So we try to set aside opportunities because if people want to come and help you, like let them help you, but they can't do everything and right. everyone completely understands. Yeah. And I mean, the, the removals are, there's a lot that goes into that and there's a lot of safety concerns and risks and whatnot. And I had one lady that just absolutely would love to come out and actually eventually be an employee and work. But the very first job that she wanted to come and help us with, we were three stories up in the air on the top of a cathedral church. And I was like, no way. <laughs> like when I get another one that's in the ground, that's in a meter box, that's yeah. easy and tiny, we'll, we'll talk about it then. But you're not coming up three flights of scaffolding with me. That's I'm uh -uh. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, not happening. It's a liability. Too. It is very much so. And I pay enough for the insurance as it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Workers comp is not cheap. No. <laughs> uh, so 
here recently there was actually, you know, we're in the summer dirt, it's hot, everything's dry, there's fires all around, and one of your guys' apiaries actually had a fire, and it came up very close to the hives. Oh, yeah. It licked those hives. So, can imagine this. Imagine you're out doing your job, fishing, doing whatever you do, and you get a text with a video of helicopters dumping <laughs> 182 <laughs> gallons of water on top of where your hives are with this text. So you should check on your bees later. <laughs> That's what I got a few weeks ago. So we had been in that yard 24 hours prior because um, we were in the middle of harvesting. Mm -hmm. So we had harvested and it was maybe 20 hours later that I get this text. It's in Maynard, which is just outside of Austin, still in mm -hmm. Travis County for those of you that are local. So very close in and uh, panic. And I thought, I said, should I go out there? And I thought, no, like... There's nothing that I can do. You sit there and worry. That's all. Yeah. And cry. And I thought, those firefighters don't need a crying girl on site. Like, that's the last <laughs> thing they need today. So I went out the next day. And yeah, I mean, they caught it. So we have about 15 hives in that apiary. Uh, four, uh, 13 of them, the fire stopped about 20 feet. Uh, yeah, about 20 feet shy. There hmm. were two in what we call the diaspora. It's an area where we're expanding into um definitely caught on fire but the fire the line stopped about i don't know probably another 20 feet beyond those so it's very clear we were the tail end of the fire before they got there um and the hives are completely burned up but the bees made it we haven't been in the hives yet because the concern now is absconsion mm -hmm. right that is traumatic oh, yeah. yeah even just the smoke blowing in the hives mm -hmm. and so but as of now, there's not a ton of dead bees at the entrance, and they're coming and going. We're going to get in next week. Um, but we had the opportunity to go and meet the team. Three fire and fighting units showed up, um, one via air, and we got to meet the unit that was in the air this week. Shake their hands, got to sit in the helicopter. And gave them honey. Gave them honey. Heck yeah. It was so awesome, and they are so humble and kind, and they were so excited that we came out and gave them some, like, swag some merchandise yeah. you know we love to take 90s rap lyrics and turn them into be about bees so like all the jay-z and kanye songs we put on shirts <laughs> okay, let's hear one. <laughs> yes at the last um, conference i actually i went by your booth and i was like oh my god i love your shirts and your shirts are thin soft comfortable they're not that nasty gilded, heavy yes yeah. i love them they're yeah. awesome um, so I got 99 problems and a B ain't one is, is the current favorite. <laughs> yep. Uh, shake your honeymakers is a really good one. Um, ain't nothing but a B thing baby is, is one that we've kind of retired out of the system. Yeah. You know. That's, those are fun. Those are great. I hate B puns. I hate them <laughs> so much, except in the form of rap lyrics and then they're okay. So a, a little, a little tease for our, our next interview that we're going to be doing is actually with Michaela Ulmer. From me and oh, the bees. Oh yes, and we've done lots of things yes, with them. They had mentioned actually you because we were telling them that you know you were going to be in the studio as well, and they were like, "Oh, we love Tara. We work with her over here and at the Sustainable yeah. Food Center and like all this stuff." And so she's that's another a, one of those so adorable. Oh, I she love is, her. She mm -hmm. is, and she was sitting here telling us 
naming off these these people that she's met and it was so it wasn't even name dropping it was like stream of conscious thought she's just sitting here talking and she's like blah 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 martha stewart and blah 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 and i was like sitting over here with yeah. my mouth open i was Center. like this little 14 year old girl has yeah. met more people already than i will ever meet she's life. a teenager she's not had enough life experience yet to understand the like name dropping value, right yeah. that's just been her life since she was eight yep yeah she's and cool. she's an amazing girl so that interview will actually be coming out on monday the 26th you guys can catch our interview with uh Awesome. Michaela. Um, okay, so for you, Tara, what would you say is your best piece of advice that you could give to our listeners? Beekeepers? Yeah. People that are, that are <clears throat> most of them, the, this whole first year has been mm-hmm. geared towards people that are just getting started okay. so they can follow Ken's steps okay. kind of yeah. piece well, by piece. Well, I've already said light your smoker and cover your face. Absolutely. So once you've got that covered, I would say find the best way to learn beekeeping is from another beekeeper. As you have learned, Ken. I mean, you can read all the books and you can go to classes and all that, but you need as much experience, hands in hives as possible. So, you know, if you've got two hives that you work, imagine if you met a friend, even if they're a beginner and they've got two hives, you've doubled the amount of experience that you get. And so just putting your head as many hives as possible because you only know what's going on in your hive Mm -hmm. at any given point. If you can see 10 others... You know, in any given month, you've tripled, you know, doubled, tripled your experience. That's that's excellent advice. That's something that we actually advocate for the Beekeepers Association when people come in and they're like, uh, you know, I'm just getting started. Can I get a mentor? Can I do this? And we'll tell them, find somebody who is close by to you in your neighborhood and you guys flip flop. You come over and you inspect their hive with them and then they come over and inspect your hive and you're going to see different things. You'll see things that are the same and in common and you can be like, oh, that's normal. Like all the colonies do that or, or this is what is this thing. I've never seen this, you know, and you gain that experience. That's great advice. Mentoring is always a bit tricky, right? Because you're like, how much does this person know? They may know more than me. Maybe they don't. It does, just find someone with bees and right. getting your bees together. You're all, you're, everyone will be smarter. That's right. You can learn as a, as a colony, as a group. That's right. It takes the village, as you said earlier. That's a Beatles song. <laughs> be together? Yes. Yeah. We don't like Beatles songs on shirts. Oh, we're, we don't like we, we're in oh, only okay. rap. Yeah. Only rap. Only rap songs. Okay. <laughs> Hip hop. You know, us, us beekeepers have a thing against some Beatles. We don't like Beatles. Beatles. Just Beatles. Don't like Beatles. <laughs> Okay, so let's let's go through here real quick. Let's do some of okay. these uh, rapid fire questions. So Ken already cheated on the top bar, yeah. so that uh, that takes one of them out of there. So I actually like these. These are very easy for me because I already know the answers for these, at least for two you of them. You wrote them. No, I mean <laughs> for, her, for her. For her, because she's already oh, technically okay. already said okay. some of this. So so we know that uh, on the top bar in Langstroth, you'd prefer Langstroth. Um, the very next question, it actually answers that on itself. But what are you in it for? The bees or the honey? Yeah, honey. <laughs> bees first. Bees first. Very bees cool. first. Okay. That's one of our core values. Um, bees first is a core value. Bees before honey. And if you work those bees right, then you'll get the you'll honey. You'll get the honey. Yeah, yeah, I need if ask you put the question. bees first, you do get more honey. This is true. A friend of mine called me and says, Ken, I need you to come help me with a tree. Tree, and John knows all about it because I've been pastoring John. Big, huge oak tree. Big limb fell out. Uh, thirsty. There's still, I don't know if it's brood. She says there's bees in the limb and in the top, but the most of them are in the where it fell out. Mm-hmm. They're going to die. No, gonna, not necessarily. Yeah, you know, the hole that's in that tree, they're going to die this winter. Maybe. You don't know. It depends on the tree. I mean, a lot of those oak trees are hollow 
Taller. Literally. So There's they could they could too. move further back into the tree. Yeah, maybe so. Yeah. They're all they could abscond. There's all sorts of things yeah. that might no, They could be the bees. There. I was gonna say they could be the bees that showed up at your house. No, no they were they were <laughs> well, 20, they, 25 miles. They'll wait for all the brood to hatch out and then if they're gonna abscond Still, that with our apiary that caught on fire, the reason we're still like concerned is because they wait okay, for all so the Okay, so they're waiting all the, for the brood to hatch out, and then yeah. they'll leave. They may not have gone, but if they are, they're going to take everybody with them unless circumstances just don't allow that to happen. No okay. bee left behind. Okay. <laughs> if that, possible. That was good. Why didn't you tell me that? You didn't specifically ask me that. <laughs> the only thing I told you is don't fall into the trap of going and doing free favors for anybody who asks you because now they know you're in the bee business of things. You got to be careful. It's it's a slippery slope on some of that. Okay. <laughs> I had, that's a lesson I had to learn. How to say no. And then also how to value your own time. <laughs> I have no written on every calendar date of the month on my... I'm a, I'm a paper planner person. And I have no written down because I, I get into that trap too. Yep. You're like, nope, not today. Today <laughs> Every is day to I have to say no to something substantial. That's well, my goal. we're very happy that you didn't say no to coming on <laughs> no, the show. But, <laughs> oh, man. At 7 in the a.m. I was like, oh, no. Why did I'm I tell joking. him I would do this? <laughs> totally kidding. Uh, okay. So last two questions here. Treatment or treatment free? Treatment free. Okay, very good. That's easy enough. And the last one, Epigard or Epivar? No, treatment free, Ken. Meaning not at all. But you (laughs) treatment free. How do you get rid of pharmites without treatment? That's an episode for next year. Yeah. Oh, cheap. That's right. That's that is not a beginner thing that we need to talk about. I will know because I'll go on YouTube and find it. But your YouTube's the devil and it's full of lies. Your instincts are right though that you just don't get to side. You're not going to treat and then be okay. There's you you have to do other things. You're correct. Yeah, and that's that's one of the things that we talked about on another episode where. You can say you're treatment free, but in reality, you're doing mechanical things. They may not be chemicals or, or organic things, but you're doing mechanical things that cause brood breaks and cause other things that actually help with the mites. But again, that is a very advanced topic that we will talk about next year when we talk in depth about watch mites this, and all it. that other stuff. All right. Um, <laughs> last question. And this one could be a challenge for you. I'm not necessarily sure because you've got lots of different varieties, but what is your favorite type of honey? Uh, mesquite. You haven't had mine yet. I got the the best honey. He's already decided his is award winning. (laughs) 100%. The best honey is the honey that your own bees make. Hands down, that's that's the case. But but mesquite honey for me, and I brought some for you to try if you haven't had any before. Oh, yeah. Uh, Mesquite honey is kind of a buttery. Nope. (laughs) All right, Jayden. You've been telling me it was. No, No, I did not. Indian blanket is buttery. Okay. Yeah, I've mesquite got a, is not. What we got is we got a lot of horse mint. Mm-hmm. We have the spotted and we have the purple, mm-hmm. and we have a lot of Indian blanket and he's got sombreros, bee brush out there. Oh, we got bee brush. You guys, I am going to a honey sommelier class later <gasps> this what year. What the hell is that? It's like wine tasting. Yeah. Oh, okay. Are I'm you... going to spend four days at Red Bee up in Connecticut to learn how to identify flavors, and I'll come back and share with you. Absolutely. I'm very oh, excited. Oh, yeah, you got to do that one. And it's so great because I can talk, because we have all the different neighborhood honeys that are a little yeah. bit different. I'm going to be able to talk more eloquently. I'm very excited to spend four days just tasting and talking about honey. I'm just sitting here, you know, sitting there blown away because here is the girl from the damn panhandle talks like you do, and I'm Damn, and she's even got all her teeth with enamel on them. You know how you know they come from the panhandle, John? We were doing so good, Ken. We were doing so I good. know how Ken. they come from the panhandle. 
You want me to tell him? You tell him. Go for it. You, you got to learn how to smile with you. With your lips over your teeth because there's so damn much sand blowing up there. They will pit your teeth. Am I lying? You are not. You are not. Y'all, if you could have seen me even at age 20, I had such a thick ass. I was a whole different How human. How you lose your accent? And then you meet my family. You go, oh, and I love my family, but their, little, their accents are so thick. They're so cute. Um, just, you know... I went to school on the East Coast. I went to Duke University. Like, real quick, I learned that that made me stand out in some good ways. But people look at you, and they make an assumption about your intelligence level. 100%. Well, is they it, do that with me all is the time. It right? but, but you're in Texas, so we all kind of have a little bit. Anyway, um, it wasn't intentional, but I think on a subconscious level, I, I worked to not stand out as much. Very good. So Now, am I in trouble? I mean, no. we will let we will I, let our listeners and fans decide whether or not you're in trouble. <laughs> I mean, I I love West Texas jokes, so you can give them on me, give them all to me later. There we go. Well, we greatly appreciate you coming in and talking Thank with you. us today, Tara. It's yeah. been a wonderful conversation. This and was super fun. You guys are great. I, you know, if you ever want to come back on the show, especially like maybe after oh you've yes. done the yeah. sommelier yeah, class that. and you have the honey tasting skills, yeah. you can come in and teach us. I I love these kind of things. So anytime you guys will have me, I will be in this chair. Awesome. Uh, we, we appreciate how that. How would you like to be with a podcast with us? And, you know, I've been doing this podcast <laughs> with this master beekeeper. Now, you're a hell of a lot better looking than he is. I will dump him in a heartbeat. All you have to do is say yes. <laughs> and I, I'm not even a master beekeeper. I haven't even done the program. People always ask me, and I'm like, I can't. I think it's an awesome program. It is a lot I do, of time. I do not have, I barely can keep a like personal relationships going with this business. <laughs> like yep. I got my master beekeeping. It's like I say, I didn't go to business school. I started a business, right? So, but well, I think it's great. It's a them. great program. Now you, you have two hives. I have, I started out with two top bars right now working. The, the, the honey it's not just in the top bar. It's in the positions in the top bar is different mm-hmm. flavors. That's right. So honeybees are what's called forage consistent. Have you heard that? Is that a new term for yeah, you? Yeah, no, so use okay. that one only. So forage consistent, <laughs> it means that they are going to put all their resources yeah. on one nectar source before they move on. Mm-hmm. So when you harvest in really small batches like we do and like you will, you're going to get spring honey is not just one flavor. There's all sorts of flavors that you can get in the spring depending on where you are and when you harvest. Our early spring harvests are very different than our later spring harvest. Mm-hmm. And you're going to get that because you're harvesting in small batches, unlike the big guys at the grocery store or if it's real honey, which is a big if, they dump everything together. So it gives this like generic flavor of honey and it, it signals that honey's a commodity and it's not. There's there's all different kinds. And I brought, I don't know, eight or 10 different honeys that we can try after we finish if you've got a minute and you can taste yeah, well, lots of flavors. Yeah, dude. <laughs> but that means you have to actually finish. We got <laughs> like, shut the show down. Yeah, Eric, Eric's in there looking at. I was going to say Eric, Eric would really like to go home. That's why <laughs> I was like, you're going right to have him. to tell your story off the air. Uh, yeah, so let's let's wrap this up real quick, and then we can go through and we can taste this some honey. Okay, okay. So anyhow. Thank you very much for being on the show. We greatly Thanks. appreciate it. And we will absolutely have you back at some point in time. And everybody else out there listening right now, you will have another interview coming up with Michaela Omer of Me and the Bees Lemonade. That'll be coming out on Monday the 26th. So we will see you guys then. Thank you. Yeah, thank y'all. Be good. Be good. Be, be safe. Be, 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 
Come on, come up with a B word, kid. I'm thinking. Be good. Be safe. Yeah. Be happy. Be happy. happy. There we go. Bye, guys. been listening to the hive jive we appreciate you joining us on our beekeeping adventures and you can find out more information about today's episode online at thehivejive.com and as always thanks for listening